0: Chad, hey, come on! How long can you hold a note? Uh, like a spoken note,
1: a sung note, or a screamed note?
0: Like a like a? Can you hum a, a gentle note? Like, mm, like that? Yeah. How long can I do that? I have no idea. Probably
1: eighteen seconds.
0: Okay let's let's have a note contest.
1: Okay, that's what the people want to hear.
0: Okay. Um we'll start when I count down like three, two, one, start okay Three,
1: mm-hmm.
0: two, one. Uh... <laughs> this is so fucking stupid this is opinions what are cheap with Cameron and chat. Guess what? We're out of ideas. Wow, I clipped
1: the mic hard there. I am I apologize to everyone that turned myself down.
0: <laughs> that was really dumb though. <laughs> just like I can't wait for people to hear that and feel like these guys are peak stupid. I'm just gonna I'm gonna play with this in editing and make funny things out of it. I don't know what I'm okay. doing. I I we're recording on a different day, which means I started drinking earlier than we normally do.
1: You how how much do you drink on a Sunday?
0: Uh not a lot. I just started earlier. Okay. So it hit me. <laughs> normally, I start with the show, but now I'm like halfway down my can.
1: Nice. I had a I had a, a little bit of bourbon after after supper, and then I got home. We started this. So I threw a little bit more in a glass. So I'm not like heavily drinking, but enough to you know get the job done.
0: Speaking of job done, how was your
1: week? My week was fine. Um, I can't remember anything like concrete that happened. There's probably stuff I'm forgetting that I should have got done, and I'll get yelled at it about it on Monday, but that's okay.
0: Yay. I, you know, what What else is going to happen? I mean, did, you, uh, did you do anything interesting that involved either hearing or tasting things that were interesting?
1: Over the weekend, yeah, I went to a concert, and that was fun. I got to hear music, and that was interesting, and then I, I acquired a pot cookie, and I got to taste that, and that was interesting. Now,
0: so I, I got a question before you, you could talk about the concert in a bit. But the, the cookie, was it a prescription cookie or was it like a recreational cookie? It was a recreational cookie. We don't have prescription cookies in Minnesota or Wisconsin yet. So I got a funny story from a friend of mine that didn't want me to tell this story. Um, one time they they got prescription brownies from somebody who was like, hey, you can have one. And it's like, oh, OK, that's cool. And so they split the brownie and went to a concert. And they don't remember the weekend because apparently that with the prescription, they can make it strong enough that you're supposed to have like a dosage. You're not supposed to eat the brownie. Okay. So they had much more than the recommended dosage. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. And it was, it was a delight. They had a very good weekend, but that they forgot that they mostly forgot. Um, they did, (laughs) I, I guess, um, you know, those like those big party boxes of, uh, like small bags of Doritos and stuff. Oh, God. They went through, like, four of those. <laughs> because they they had one that they brought with them for this trip. And by by the time they were, like, getting their senses back, they had four empty containers. Holy shit. And they're not entirely sure where they got the third ones from. <laughs>
1: That's funny. It's a little dangerous. Because I've been blackout drunk before, and you wake up and you're like, "Where? how did I get here, right? So the idea of, like, that happened basically for a weekend is more terrifying than funny to me because I never want to do that again that was a that was a bad bad decisions were made then that that evening but uh with the cookie I only had a like a quarter of it because I had been drinking that night too and I didn't want to mix too much I wanted to be kind of smart with it I, I've told some of this story on the, on the comics podcast this week but my, my big shock with was, was how it tasted, how it, it really, really tastes like how weed smells. Like, it's not, the flavor isn't hidden very well. Like, there's sugar in there, and there's, you know, baking powder or whatever, because it is a cookie, but it, it's got, it, you can't hide it, and it smells like weed too. <laughs> and so I was like, this is gross, like, eating it, I was, this is, this is unpleasant. Um, the buzz I had, I think, was pretty mellow, or it just, like, was an extension of, of the, the liquor I had that night, so I didn't. I didn't feel very weird, I laughed a bit more than normal probably, but I was already laughing a lot because I was kind of drunk, and it was it was just like a really, you know, it lasted the full show, right, kind of, and maybe a bit further than that, hard to tell, and it was pleasant, and I'm not opposed to doing it again, it's kind of crazy that like, this is illegal in this state, and has been, and people have gone to jail for this, like, having experienced it now, like, that is completely fucking insane, that this is so been so demonized as a drug but you can go to any grocery store and buy what I'm drinking now which gets me way hits me way harder um is way worse for me and actually gives me energy so I want to go do stupid shit right like it's gross that that people go to jail over over weed
0: yeah it's economics though
1: oh yeah i mean for profit prison systems we got to fill them up some way
0: no the the cotton industry oh don't, that too. Don't grow hemp and compete with all my 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 slave labor.
1: But that was fun. Uh, the, mus- the 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 concert was was enjoyable, even though the the opening bands pretty much all were atrocious in one way, shape, or form. But the the headliner was really good. Oh, this is I didn't tell this story on on the the show, uh, but I might be in a music video. Oh, cool! Because uh, the the Cavalier Theater is. It was a movie theater, and so it's got seats, and it's goes up at a at an incline, and so the guy's like, "Hey, I wanna, we want to film for a music video here. I want everybody out front, to go fill the seats, and then we're gonna like film it like you're watching me as a movie, and then like halfway through, I want people to get up and start coming down, and then we'll film that too." And so me and Heather were we were pretty close, but not that close. So we ended up taking a seat like in the third row on the edge, and uh, the guy with the camera passed us like four times, uh, trying to film everybody. And so I have a, I have just a strong feeling we're both going to be in that show and we're going to look really stupid because at that point in time we were feeling pretty stupid. <laughs> That's fun, though. We were not the only people there high. Uh, I would say 98% of the crowd was, but it was it was, it was was cool. I, I kind of hope we are in the video, but I'm also like, I hate the look of me and I hate seeing me on video and in cameras and photos and stuff. So I'm just like, I don't want to be in it because I'll look awful. But, yeah, that was a good time. Uh, the guy was Mod son, for the people listening. If you want to check him out, he does uh, R&B. He sounds a little bit like The Weeknd. I don't know how much The Weeknd raps. I'm not, like, that familiar. But as far as, like, genre of music, it is that genre.
0: What can you... How much, how much song they do?
1: I don't fucking know. Like, I I literally was, like, exposed to his music at the show. I think I listened to one song prior, and I was like, oh, yeah, I could go to that and, and enjoy it, I guess.
0: Does, uh, does he go like skip pop do dot do
1: la pa da
0: He does not do that. I don't want to go. Okay.
1: I want to take you to a concert, but I know you don't like music. I hate music. That'd probably be just not a good idea. I want.
0: What's the opposite of music? Um. I don't know. Like, that's a good question. A massage chair. I want that one.
1: Okay. Well, yeah, you could go to a massage and. Do that. I will I... say, whatever week you end up coming here, if there is a concert playing I like, I am dragging your ass to that, because I don't miss those.
0: That's fair. Do you guys have Uber out there, or is it Lyft? Oh, uh, I think we have Uber. I, I'm com- I from a, a Lyft district. We got a lot of Lyft out here.
1: I, I have a car.
0: Okay, I if I go to a concert, I plan on spending $80 on two drinks.
1: Oh, you that will not happen here. Uh drinks are like four dollars here. Oh no. <laughs> Eighty dollars would get you a really fucking shit house. Yay. <laughs> they're kind they're a little more expensive at the Cav because they decided they want to treat themselves like a fancier place, but even then it's still I think I was like five dollars for a jack on the rocks. Granted they only gave me like a shot, but you can you can do a Better than eighty dollars for two drinks here. Well, that's, that's cool. Why I then I fucking missed the Brick House. That that venue was great because I could get like four shots of Jack for like four dollars. They had to go and sell it to a school.
0: I'm sorry, I'm so confused here because I <laughs> I bought a model kit and it the instructions are like pick which model you want to make and apparently you just use the same pieces to make two different models and now I don't know which one to decide even though I already bought it wanting the one on the front is the other one cool looking too i i don't know the difference (laughs) so now i'm like oh no i don't want to make the wrong decision is this a warhammer thing yeah
1: yeah you're getting into warhammer you want you want to talk about the warhammers
0: um we can talk about the warhammers i so let me set this down it's distracting me um yeah i mentioned last week that like i started getting into warhammer and i found a, a cool website or a youtube channel really um, they break down the, the rules. They have very good like tutorial stuff that Warhammer should have on their website where it's like, hey, baby, here's the basic, you know, baby's first Warhammer game. And, it, and very slowly, step by step, like here's how you do it in a very simple way where it's like, oh, okay. I, I appreciate that because this game is kind of unique compared to everything else that's kind of popular, I guess. Um, you understand that it's not a uh, grid-based? It's not. No, it's actually 3D space. Oh,
1: I just things can fly. Then I take it.
0: Yeah, there are flying units. There's also like terrain, so you might be on a building that has multiple floors. Um, there are rules for like how far you can travel up and down. So, like, if you, you still want to scale think you use a... like
1: a grid, right? Just a... no, it's there's... just a vertical grid too.
0: No, it's not a it's not a grid. You actually you, you use a ruler. And it's like your movement space is six inches, so there's no like oh, wow. diagonal spaces. it's like you measure out six inches and go that far,
1: so can you go like three inches and then three inches up or something?
0: It's something like that i
1: so technically there's still a, a you could conceivably structure it like a grid then if if each square was an inch
0: you could um but you get into these complicated things where like the units travel as a unit, so you have this like tight cluster of guys. Oh, okay. That you wouldn't necessarily want to take up, like, a perfect rankta- rectangle, I guess. hmm But anyways, um, I, I, I'm reading over the rule book. And I was telling you about this earlier, too, but I, I commend how easy it is to read. Because uh, you guys have been playing D&D with me for a while now, and I think you still don't understand the rules. Not really. Like, you you guys know enough of, uh, when we get into combat, you guys know what to do. But when it's time to level up, you guys don't even know what page to open to because that book is so hard to navigate. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's really frustrating.
1: And then it's like you go on roll 20 to see what spells you're going to learn because you can like auto populate it because that's what the site's for. But even then, it's still like difficult to figure out kind of what all I'm allotted and what I'm not and then how to use it in combat in some cases. And I'm mostly just like, I don't mind just the couple spells I have. I just want more health so when I get hurt, I don't die. But I also, I, I feel like we're playing such a casual game of D&D that I intrinsically don't need to worry about dying. Also, if I did die, no one would kind of try and resurrect me. I'm pretty sure no one other than my brother likes me. Like, his character's a paladin, so he'd be like, we have to save him because I'm a paladin. And it's like, yeah, but you also like light things on fire with me, so maybe maybe you're a bad paladin, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I I love how Joe's paladin's been playing out because there's two warlocks in the group, and he's always the first one to jump up and say, "Well, wait a minute, they can't testify if they don't have hands." <laughs> and then like Taylor's
1: warlock is almost like more insidious than I am. Where like I'm chaotic, where he's
0: like evil, and that's uh, all that he's more warlocky than me. I'm just like drunk and stupid. <laughs> I also like how um uh he, <laughs> he he made a pact with the devil that like that's where he gets his magic from. Um but it's it's not so much a devil as much as like a fey spirit. Yeah. So there's like this there's this weird uh calculated decision in going with uh fey Chaos and that there's like a certain amount of mischief and difficulty that comes with dealing with fairies that you don't get with other beings, but there's a lot of benefits that come with that, too. And, and I imagine you...
1: he actually put thought into that, right? Oh, yeah,
0: and then you just picked a demon because that's the word from Warcraft that a warlock yep. would have. And Pretty much. And it's like, that's a roll of the dice. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so it's so great how this kind of accidentally happened, but it perfectly reflects your characters. Yeah. Yeah, that's been a hoot.
1: I, I'm glad you're having fun with our nonsense, because I, I feel bad some days. Like, the last session we had, where nothing was really planned out, and no one wanted to do any of the stuff I wanted to do. It's like, well, let's go t- go to this city and explore and see if we can find out. And they all were like, no, we want to stay in the cave, because we think you're going to die. And it's like, okay, I'll go by myself. And then Joe's like, I'll come with you. And then they're just like, oh, no one tries to kill you.
0: I wasn't I wasn't sure what the plan... <laughs> I, I still don't know why you guys went back to the Elf Forest, where you you guys were chased out of. And I'm not like, really sure either. And even like Taylor's response was that like in character, that's what his character would have done, even if he thought it's a bad idea. And I'm like, I don't believe that entirely. <laughs> There's some truth to that, but not entirely. Yeah. So, anyways, it was, <clears throat> uh, yeah, it's a that's been a hoot. Um, but yeah, I still want to we... get a custom
1: compass with our directions on it, and I, I almost came close to finding one, and then it turns out it wasn't a compass; it was a watch. <laughs> And the guy showed me what it would look like, because I, I misread the thing, because it was like, it's a compass watch. And I was like, oh, it's a compass and a watch. And it's like, no, it's, it's a watch, and it has a compass interface on it for no fucking reason other than, like, cosmetic. And so he's like, oh, yeah, we could put this on here, and this is what it would look like. And I was like, cool. And I looking at it again, I was like, where's the compass? He's like, it, it's not a compass, it's a watch. I was like, fucker.
0: I found, uh, there's, like, make-your-own-compass kits from, like, Boy Scouts or something. It's like a, a, a children's craft. Oh, yeah? But, you know, it's it comes with the magnetized parts. And it's like, well, I bet we could find something like that. Like, it well, has to the thing, exist. Right? We
1: just need the faceplate to be different. The actual compass itself can look like whatever it wants to. It's just a matter of, can we take out where the directions are, are written down? I have access to a 3D printer at work and a router, though I don't think Brian would let me use that because he's a grumpy Gus. But I know someone at work who has a router who would probably be fine with, like, if I gave him a piece of a thin piece of wood, like, could you carve this into this piece of wood? I think he'd be like, yeah, I can do that for you. But if we needed to use a 3D printer, I know a ton of engineers who are really, really excited to put whatever dumb fucking thing anybody gives them on that thing because it's uh, the new toy.
0: Yay, toy. <laughs> our, our stupid compass is great. We made up our own it. cardinal directions. And it's really fun to like call each other out when someone forgets that because it's so stupid that it's not worth the time.
1: <laughs> it is, it is, it is a blast. It was like I'm trying to like, no, we need to go dorf dwarf, mert. <laughs> like I, I just said this unironically, or
0: well, why? Why did we do this to ourselves? <laughs> uh so yeah, but back back to Warhammer, I guess. Um, the rule book is written so much better than Dungeons and Dragons, um. I got. I have some like auto. No, what is it? What's the audiobook thing? Audible. Audible. I kept wanting to say Audacity, but that's the recording app. Uh, I got Audible credits, so I got a a Warcraft. No, a Warhammer book. There's a new Warcraft book coming up, and it just it looks. It looks awful. That's a that's another story. <laughs> I got a Warhammer book, so I've been listening to that while I drive, and it's not good. <laughs> this is like the highest rated one, and it's not a good book. Oh no. I I think it serves as like setting the mood for the game and explaining some of the, li- the the science fiction stuff and and the tone and how some of the characters would talk. It's like an example of like uh, like close your eyes and picture Warhammer stuff. It's not so much a great story. There's not sure. been like, you know, character development. I'm not even sure what the goal is because it's like they're on year 40,000 of this war. And so it's like, here's another day in it. (laughs) It's like, it's not like they're going to stop the war. So I don't know what the point is yet, but it's been setting the tone. It's been fun. And it got me thinking there's a, the Warcraft books, they kind of do the same thing where it's like, they're describing things from the game. Mm -hmm. Some of them have good stories, but mostly it's like, here's world building that we didn't feel like putting in the game. And then we go to like the Dungeons and Dragons books and most of those have a story. And they don't just feel like a game of D&D.
1: Yeah, I've been, um, I've still been kind of plucking my way through the Drizzt books, right? And I'm taking a little bit of a break now that I finished the last arc. But it, the first three Drizzit books that were ever published really feel like this is an example of a and d campaign you could run. And these are some character examples, and these are some things they could fight. And these are some fun words that you, as a D&D a dungeon master, could use. But as they grow on, like, the characters definitely become more of, like, actual characters that Salvador is writing. Not, like, a lot because he's not the best writer, but enough to have their own um identity. And so, the further on I go, that's almost like the more enjoyable the books get to a point where it's like, oh, they're, they're actually characters and they, their interactions feel a lot more uh, real instead of, like, controlled by a dungeon master. And so, like, Warham- uh, one character dying and then coming back to life, and it turns out he wasn't actually dead. He was just, like, captured by a demon and tortured, and now he's all fucked up, and he's an alcoholic, and he loses his Warhammer. And, like, it's still very Dungeons and Dragonsy, but it's also a lot-, it's a lot more specific to the character instead of, like, this blanket. Here's a campaign you could run.
0: So, yeah, I, I kind of, um, I bet there's a Warhammer book that has actual characters in it. I would like to find that one so that maybe I care but um this has been fun i've been I've been learning a lot about the game I like how there's a lot of personality put into the different armies and I feel like that's one thing that Warcraft doesn't do well it, in Warcraft you get the different races and they do have their own like culture and stuff but typically that gets set aside and whatever like class you are ma- matters a lot more yeah and it's getting to the point where like even the faction doesn't matter that much like you talk to the same important nPCs like mm-hmm. it, it's weird when you're an alliance player and then it's like go here and talk to thrall and thrall will tell you what your next quest is and it's like isn't he the leader of the of the orcs like isn't this world War three and we need to stop green Hitler because it was five minutes ago and now I'm taking orders from him. you know it's like am i supposed to care about the war or are we supposed to care about whatever thrall is talking about sure um it's weird
1: i even remember when i was playing it it felt that way like i was it was less that i was a tauren and more that i was a druid that mattered and being a druid is what dictated how i acted to people if i was going to care about that at all the tauren thing like if someone was like oh someone is in the Thunder Bluff region ganking newbies, I'd be like, oh, well, I have to go stop them because that's my home turf. But even then, I'd want to always go do that. That was as far
0: as my connection with uh, the race really was. Right. So one of the things I'm like, oh, hi, puppy. Hi, puppy. Good girl. She's out my window. One of the things I like in Warhammer is uh, like there's a point where um, there's a, there's like a million planets or whatever, thousands of planets. I don't know how big the the galaxy is here, but there's an emperor, and the emperor was like a space pope. That he he basically replaced religion. Like everyone oh, wow. pretty much worships him more than any of like the old religions, and he didn't necessarily want that, but he wanted to unite all of humanity to stop the demons. And then I guess that didn't go so good, and there was like a civil war. And so in 40k, this is like 10,000 years after the emperor died. And there's like, there's a faction of emperor loyalists and then a faction of uh, like traitors sided with the demons, but there's also like demon armies within that. And then there's a faction of aliens. And within those factions, there's like different armies. And each of those armies have their own interesting stories. And pretty much when you play, you only pick one army. Okay. So even if you pick the Emperor Loyalist ones, you could pick the blue guys, and someone else could pick the green guys, and they're going to operate totally differently. Oh, that's cool. That's what I kind of like. Um, Kind of like your Facebook group, though. Everyone I've talked to so far has been so nice, and that's been refreshing.
1: <laughs> yeah, it... It's one of those things, right, where, like, the, some of the stuff we talk about in, like, is, like, inherently stupid, and I don't know why people can become so vitriolic when you're talking about things like comic books, which is not a huge uh, audience of people. Like, the best comic book series sell in the tens of thousands of units. Like, I think Batman does, like, 80,000 or something, which is not a lot for DC's biggest uh, IP. Right. I should Google that to make sure I'm I'm right, but it it is uh in the ballpark or you know something like that. Like the whole point is like yeah, Batman sells well, but well for a comic is a lot smaller than well for a movie or well for a video game. And so you have a small group of people who who like the same things and yet they can be fucking assholes to each other for no reason.
0: Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? I I I'm kind of tired of some of these uh, video game groups I'm in everything comes back to just this weird entitlement that I don't know where it comes from. And it's not even like I demand free things. It's more like I had an idea, and if my idea isn't what they go with, that means that they hate all of us consumers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, everything is a personal attack. Every, like, new announcement is not enough. Every change is bad. Um, I... <laughs> They just, uh, Diablo 4, they just put out a big uh, update and they promised to do these quarterly updates where they're going to talk about the game and they're going to keep doing quarterly updates until it comes out. And they did their first quarterly update and people are already complaining because this, this is the weirdest thing to me. One of the things they talked about was the UI and how they want the UI to work and functionally and the principles behind it and they're showing examples and new screenshots and new stuff. And they also talked about the controls and how they want to have the uh, the keyboard, the mouse and keyboard stuff work. How they want controller support to work, but also how they're going to allow mouse and keyboard and controller wherever. So if you want to play with controller on your PC, you can. And so all the PC gamers are upset that the console gamers are ruining their game. And I, I do not understand the thought process. Where it's like you're given options. Do you want to play with your keyboard or you want to play with your controller? And the immediate response is to be angry that there's options to choose from. <laughs> I- including the option that they would prefer. That's the default, you know? And it blows my mind. <laughs> it's so out there. Just every little thing upsets people. Oh, okay, the, so
1: I am looking up the Batman things and like the, the main issues sell around 90,000 units. Uh so yeah, the, the bigger still... issues sell yeah. a decent amount more in the hundreds of thousands, but like nothing ever really breaks or things very rarely break like 200,000. So it it's yeah. yeah, the comic book medium is not a, a big one as far as the sales go at, which I don't know how that comic books survive at all. It's such a fucking weird uh, way to tell a story, like, hey, we're gonna send you twenty four pages once a month.
0: Yeah, and you know, comic books used to be about ads. Like, the point was, let's sell ad space to children. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we get them engaged? Uh, the, uh, superheroes. It's a what if there was a big monkey? What if what if there was an invisible lady? And and we said she was naked, but you can't see her, so it gets past the censors. Like weird, you know, gimmicks. Just to make sure people look at hostess pies. It's weird how comics are put on this weird pedestal now where I don't know if it comes from a generation that grew up on it. And Batman's the greatest American literature figure that they can think of. And that's how they're raising their children or something. But it's like if Batman, if something happens to Batman, that's well, that's news. Like, what do you mean? Batman's getting married. What do you mean? Robin's going to die again. And it's a it's a comic book. I I enjoy them, too, but it's a little weird, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, and it's funny, too, because, like, the DC and Marvel comics still definitely have ads when you buy them. Because I used to get the review PDFs, and they would be fucking full of ads. Uh, Stuff from Image doesn't. And the idea of buying a comic and flipping a page and there being a two-page ad before you can see the next page would seriously piss me off. I never want to buy a comic with ads in the middle of it. If you got a couple in the beginning and the end for like other comics, fine. Like Image will do that a bit, but uh, the idea of like we're gonna put a product ad right here as Batman's about to punch Bane, you know, like no, that that's infuriating to me. This isn't a fucking TV show, and it's annoying when the TV shows do it too. To be honest, no one likes ads. That's why we have ad blocker.
0: So I mean, I'm happy that. There are creatives out there, and I'm glad that there are people that want to tell stories, and there's platforms to tell the stories. So, I mean, not to diminish any of that, of course. It's just it's weird when people put comics on a pedestal. I guess is my point.
1: I think it's weird when they put like certain comics on a pedestal because I do think there are like, exceptional stories told within comics that should be uh, maybe talked about in like English classes or something because yeah they're doing things that you know they have things to say and they're they're. Being literary in the way they're telling their stories.
0: Yeah, in in much more recent years, uh, th- there is a legitimate form of literature in there. Mm-hmm. I don't want to demean any of that.
1: It's just weird when the ones that people talk about are Batman. Because, like, the most interesting thing done in Batman is usually not that interesting. And also, like, you can tell the author is sniffing his own farts while he does it. I know, like, the next big thing is going to be Dark Knight's Death Metal, because there's Dark Knight's Metal, which was awful. It was, like, a six-issue run that did all this ever shit that spawned off a bunch of uh, uh, secondary stories and, and tied in with the big universe of the DC Comics, and it was nonsense in a bad way. And those guys are coming back and going, hey, that was really successful, we're going to do Dark Knight's Death Metal, and, like, Batman's got a scythe on the cover, and it's like, I wish it was going to be as cool as this cover, but I know it won't. But this is going to sell a lot of units, and it's probably going to get some kind of mainstream press because it's going to be the new thing, and all oh, that's death metal. And it's it will eventually frustrate me, but I'll probably read it.
0: Yay! Yeah, I don't know. You, you recently got Saga. You're talking about that?
1: Yes. I'm now five issues into Saga. Cool. Uh, I really like it. It's pretty good. I wish it wasn't so crass sometimes. I feel like the humor it, it incorporates doesn't always, like, agree with maybe the story it's trying to tell. And even, like, the first page is, like, uh, the the mother's giving birth, and she's just like, did I just shit myself? And it's like, okay, that's a really blue joke to start a comic with, especially one like this, where it feels like you maybe have something to say.
0: Yeah, I remember that now. I, I, I told you that I tried Saga, and I kind of put it down after issue one. Mm-hmm. And now that you say that, it's like yeah, I remember exactly what I thought whilst reading that. It's like yeah, I'm not feeling. I'm not feeling it. I guess.
1: I feel like issue one isn't. It isn't. It isn't a good representation of at least what I've read so far. Uh, the the artwork is great. I love the lettering. I love the monster design and the the creature design. I mostly like the writing and the dialogue. I think there's a lot of really good stuff there, and then there are sometimes things that I'm just like, I don't know why you made this decision, because it was the bad one. And as it's gone on, it's made less and less of those bad decisions, at least in my opinion. I feel like the first issue had more problems in terms of what kind of tone it was trying to establish, and then by, like, issue three, it, I feel like it, it has it down better, and it understands what it's trying to do and how it should do it. But I, I, have, I have the hardcover, which is 18 issues, so I have... Oh, Quite a ways left to go. I'm, I'm doing about an issue a night. I'm trying to uh, make it last.
0: It's good though. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Um, but like we talked a little bit, I, it wasn't for me. Um, partially because I've been reading like a lot of just fan fiction and fan comics that seem to have this exact same tone. So it's like it's the same story I've read fifty times, and I've seen in like Second Life roleplay. Just it has quality art budget.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to put it. I remember, like, finishing, like, the second issue and being like, I, I think this is well-told uh, fiction. I don't know why this maybe uh, blew up as much as it did compared to, like, other stuff, because it feels like, a it just feels like an image comic. And not in a bad way at all. I like image comics a lot, but I don't know if it feels inherently special over anything else that the the company puts out that I like. Like, I wish uh, Bird or Falcon had taken off in this way because I feel like, Murder Falcon does does things that a lot of comics aren't doing while also maintaining this kind of tone where there's a lot of serious stuff, but there's a lot of comedy. There's a lot of absurdity. It's also way shorter. I think it's like 12 issues or 10 issues and you can buy the hardcover and you have it all. And uh, I, don't, I, so I don't know what it is here that like captured the zeitgeist in a way that other comics that I think might be better don't.
0: Yeah, there, there was a certain factor of lightning in a bottle um again i only read that first issue but the vibe i got was a lot of high school philosophy where it's like isn't this cool and isn't this deep and is it look at look at the people that are down and then the people on top oh they're bad and it felt a little simplistic and i'm sure that it fleshes out better as it goes along i know it's very popular Mm-hmm. But that first issue was hard.
1: <laughs> and I feel like that's a legitimate like way to look at it. And I think, even if that's all it is, as long as it's telling that story well, I'd totally fine with it. I'm really curious where like the the assassin character is gonna go because I know he's eventually a very big part of it, and he's got the cat that, you know, lets him know if people are lying or not, which i I love that cat. that is a a, a very fun concept. But I feel like for every kind of like mundane thing that the comic does, it really does make up for it. And the fact that like the artwork is really good, the the character designs are so fun. I love the weird alien fantasy shit going on. Like I'm a big sucker for that. Like there's a very Star Wars vibe to it, in a way. Multiple planets, you got the science fantasy thing going on, and the the creatures don't make sense, but they look cool. And so I guess I, and from that perspective, maybe that is why it caught on, is it it's tapping into like what people like about star wars and science fantasy
0: that could be a factor too i know um that <laughs> not to not to take it back again but um that's one of the things i'm really liking in warhammer the the science fantasy stuff there's not a lot of good science fantasy out there i feel like everything is either very like we, we got to make it feel real or we have to make it feel like uh cyberpunk and that's the only kind of science fiction you can find
1: yeah, that's a, that's a good point.
0: So just, like, the the set I got, it, they're, like, they're paladins. And they have, like, pole arms and uh, space bibles that they wear on their back as, like, armor. With, like, tattered, uh, like, seals of wax. So it's, like, they're, they're walking around looking like a... What's the word? It's, like, a really overly romanticized medieval knight, but with a jetpack and lasers yeah like and I it's like, at like these characters
1: <laughs> and like one, you know they got like a sword and it looks fucking cool it's definitely like this steampunk sword it's got more to it than it needs to and then also he's got a laser mounted on his wrists and it is a really awesome aesthetic and then there's a freaking skull coming out of this guy's shoulder and i don't think it does anything more than just look cool but hey he's wearing a skull
0: yeah okay so i sent you these two pictures so apparently these are the two different models i can make with this kit i got Oh, interesting. I don't know the difference. I got, I, I wanted the guys with the pole arms, um, because I think pole arms are cool. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. (laughs) The other guys have a lot more books, and they have a flag. And I was like, oh, is that important? Like, now I got to read the stats between them because I kind of just gravitated towards the pole arm guy. But now it's like, oh, if I'm gonna actually glue these together, maybe I want to make sure they're like a viable team.
1: Yeah, I guess if you plan on like playing with them, and versus like putting them on your uh, a bookshelf or whatever is display.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I have a feeling that these are going to be more display than played with, but it would be nice to be able to display a functional team and like, oh, those are my treasures and I will take them to battle today.
1: Mm-hmm. It's funny that the science fantasy thing, I feel like the last, other than Saga, the last thing I remember experiencing that is science fantasy. Well, I guess there's a couple things, but um, Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets, that movie, was definitely like science fantasy. Oh the, the yeah, fiction yeah. made no sense. Or the the sci- the science fiction made no sense, and that movie fucking sucked. But it was gorgeous, and uh, there was a lot of great things to look at. And it's got to be hard because that takes a big budget to pull off in in a movie, right? And it's a shame that the the, the story and the hack thing were just fucking dreadful. Because the the sci fi concepts were cool, and, and the there was like a dozen of them. I... Yes.
0: I want to say, um, I watched the trailer for Avatar, and I'm like, yeah, I don't want to watch this. And with Valerian, it's like, what's this about? What? Hmm.
1: Who's Did that boring white
0: man? I don't like him. <laughs> Did you ever see that movie? What movie? Valerian. No, I didn't. It's on my to-do list. I'm, I'm sure it'll show up on, like, Netflix at some point.
1: I think it's worth a watch for the spectacle, and there is some neat concepts in there that, like, a better movie could take any one of these concepts and make a really cool movie out of. But you can tell, like, this was is based on a, a series of graphic novels, and it's like, okay, we have to cram, like, the entire story into one movie, and to do that, we have to forget that characters are a thing, or coherency is a thing. <laughs> so it, it definitely suffers um, from that kind of adaptation. Yeah. Uh, the other cool science fantasy thing that I've been reading is, um, is, I think it's a sender either descender or ascender it's a, a, a jeff lemire comic and it's a sequel to i think the first one is descender and this one's ascender so there's a 30 issue comic series and then this is the next version of it but it's definitely there's magic but there's planet hopping and there's spaceships but there's swords and spears and, and, and there's guns but uh all the you know all of that fun stuff and artwork's really cool and there's a it's been really really fun it's a it's a great series
0: that's good. I'm sorry, I thought you were gonna say more.
1: <laughs> oh, I, I, I guess I could have, but I don't I don't know what I would say, like other than yeah, it's good, go buy it. <laughs> Read it.
0: No, that that's a, that sounds like a good recommendal there. Um I don't know, I guess uh sorry if we want to talk about Warhammer more, um I wanna say it's really cool that I found that YouTube channel. It's mini war gaming something. MWG, okay. I guess. Um, but they, they do these cool, like, let's plays where it's, it's like a game and they just, they record it, but they speed up through the dice rolls and things. So you basically get the tactics that they're doing. Okay. And it's like, okay, I want this unit to attack here and I want this unit to attack here. And like, here's the results. Like, oh no, I lost three guys. And what I like about that is it's, it's easier to understand because I feel like you can get bogged down when you're trying to learn something, when they walk you through each step every single time. And it's easier to under your own control just rewind if you don't understand something. Sure. Um, <clears throat> the what I, I really like again going back to how well the rules are written. There's complexity to it where it's uh, it requires strategy, and that's what I appreciate. Like the game is very deep, but the rules themselves are actually kind of simple. There's just there's a lot of things to factor in. And one of the things I really like is uh, if you have units and you want to charge, if your target that you're charging has guns, they can shoot at you while you're running. Oh, nice. Like there's a factor where before you get to attack, they have a thing called Overwatch where they just spray at you. So it's like a basic shooting attack. And it's interesting because sometimes they'll set up like a Zerg rush where they have a bunch of little alien guys and they're going to flank and then the left flank gets decimated because they just got it was a bad roll, and most of them got taken down. Like that's kind of possible. And it's like, Oh, I like this. <laughs> Cause I'm kind of, I'm tired of these games where sometimes it's like whoever moves first kind of wins. Mm-hmm. There's like an inherent advantage that goes to uh, starting how the battle's going to go. So just the fact that sometimes things can go wrong. Um, one of the other things that can go wrong is if you use magic, the way they explain magic is it taps into, um, it's kind of like the, the, uh, the void, I guess. And, uh, what happens is th- like, this is where the demons come from is another dimension, but that's also how like hyperspace is. So it's like you, you step into the void and you come out where you want to be. Oh, cool. So that's how they explain travel and stuff, but there's dangers with that. And that goes into the magic. So, one of the things that happens is if you if you do a magic spell, if you roll two ones or if you roll two sixes, then you actually like you accidentally open a portal and you kill like yourself and everyone around you oh Jesus, so there's like a there's a factor to the magic where this is not the sort of thing you should just play with casually, you know I like that, yeah there's a There are certain situations where I I think there are like strong units that negate that or let you re-roll dice or something. So there are times where it's going to be less risky than other times. Statistically, it's really low to get doubles like that. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, I'll just I'll cast smite and I'll cast smite here. Um, I was watching this one game where the guy this happened to him like three times, and he was in position to win. (laughs) Like he could, he had a very good strategy going but then all of his heavy hitters ended up getting sucked into black holes that he accidentally made. So all of his weak units were left behind and he's trying to capture these points. So he's like, well, if these weak units can just defend long enough, maybe it'll work out. But all of his heavy hitters self-destructed. Sure. And it's like, well, that's interesting. Cause how do you, how do you weigh that? Like when you're strategizing and planning, you know?
1: So I guess with like, with the uh, Warhammer from, I don't know a lot about it, so I'm guessing like this: you're not controlling like a character like you are in D and D; you're controlling an entire army. Yeah. Okay. That that seems like so. Really, you're like playing like one on one or one on three against people, and you're like trying to almost like a like a MOBA. Maybe is that a good way to look at it?
0: No, MOBA would be one character. Um, let me bring up like a screenshot of one of these games.
1: I guess it maybe more like a like it's old like- school a. a Warcraft, right? Like Warcraft three or whatever. Yeah, like
0: an RTS. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me. Here's a picture of a board. Um, uh,
1: opening. Jesus, there's a lot going on here.
0: <laughs> yes, so this is like a very big game. Um, but you see all the green guys and then the white guys and then the red guys. So this is actually a three player game. Okay. Um, it looks like a lot, and it's really busy looking. And this is where the intimidation comes in.
1: Like there's a guy with a tape
0: measure. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, the reality is, like, now that I've read the rules more, I can break down those, uh, you see the green guys in the bottom right? Yep. They're kind of, they're in these tight squads. Each of those squads is basically one unit. Okay. So, really, he has, like, three squads, and it looks like there's, like, a big guy by that red bunker, and then, like, a big tank in front of him. hmm Um, so, really, he just has to worry about those five things, even though okay. it looks like he's commanding armies. And it's like what an elegant solution to the feeling of of like doing this like science fiction war strategy, yeah. But also making it palatable.
1: This is cool. I like all these fucking big Gundam things. Like these other two armies look way
0: more overpowered
1: than the little green
0: guys. Yeah, the little green guys are uh, <laughs> they're like they're like human commandos that didn't make it as uh like space marines. That guy uh, might be fucked. Yeah, there's there's balances to it. Like the the units have um like, kind of a, a power level associated with them. So, like, if you if you do the little army of the green guys, you can get some, like, really good snipers and good position and a bunch of ground guys, and you get, like, a a carrier unit to drive around real fast. You can overpower a, a properly balanced demon army. Okay. But it requires a different kind of strategy.
1: I just like the idea of, like, you join a game as a, one, you know, one versus one versus one, and you're like, my army is nowhere near as good. But I'm going to fuck up one of these two guys real bad. Like, I'm going to be really annoying and just go in with that as a strategy. It's like, we're going to lose, but we're going to lose spectacularly.
0: You're going down with me. Pretty much. So, yeah, my my other favorite part of these videos where they're, like, doing a Let's Play, whenever they have, like, a lot of units, when it gets to, like, the rolling phase, it's like, okay, I charge with this unit... And it just, if you don't know what's going on, it's hilarious because he'll bring in, like, a handful of die. Like, he has two dozen in his hand and just drops it on the table. It says, okay, five to hit, and he drops it, and it, and you see everything real quickly, and it cuts, and he has, like, another handful. It's like, okay, three to wound, and you're like, rolls, and there's, like, all this dice where there's, like, a hundred rolls going on because they're, like, they're quickly uh, summarizing the turn yeah and it's like you could show someone this isolated clip and it would scare them away from the game forever
1: <laughs> well and it does seem like how, might, how long do these games last
0: uh it depends on the the structure cuz there's actually different kinds of games there's a uh, there's something called kill zone or t- no kill team where it's like you have a squad of six people versus another six people and it's like a just a little death match and that's like an hour at most. Okay. And then there's, like, bigger ones where you want to, like, control a whole, like, command zone or something. It's like there's Bravo Point and Delta, Charlie, and you got to hold Bravo for three turns. And the match is literally just three turns. And that might take two or three hours if you want to be meticulous about it. Sure. I guess the art is understanding the rules of your characters well enough that you don't have to reference the rulebook every step. Mm. Um, Which is kind of, like... And again, the rules are written very well, so it's like, oh, I get why you want to memorize this stuff, but also it's palatable to do.
1: I love the character designs for some of this stuff, because at, on first glance, you're just like, okay, this would definitely appeal to 14-year-olds. Like, this is like 14-year-old levels of cool, but also I'm 30, and I'm like, this is still cool.
0: So you should see these guys here. Um, These are like mechs. But the you know how like an Evangelian they would put like a pilot in there that has to be compatible with the mech. Yeah. So to power these mechs, they use uh cowards that ran away from battle, and their punishment is they have to atone for their sin in this uh um Iron Maiden suit. So it's literally an Iron Maiden that they strap into a mech. Oh Jesus! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's kind of, that's maybe a little too edgy for me.
0: (laughs) It's, some of this stuff gets so over-the-top edgy. It is all grimdark and try-hard and it's like twisted for the sake of twisted sometimes. Um. (laughs) Uh, here's here's the tank. It's an exorcist tank. It's, it's like, picture a, a normal kind of tank, but then you put like a cathedral on top of it and then like a pipe organ with with little, like, angel babies with skulls on top of it. This looks like it belongs at Mad
1: Max. But yeah, it's... like, it's... way too well put together.
0: <laughs> it's so... It's such an impractical... You know, it's a vehicle that you would ride into war. And it's like, no, it's not. <laughs> there's like Someone five... got paid to make that. Oh, yeah, there's, like, five uh, Bibles stapled at the front. There's a bunch of, like, statues of Mother Mary, like, all over it. <laughs> it's just it's so weird but it's kind of the fun too
1: yeah it I definitely has its own sense of aesthetic which is which is cool and i've yeah. seen enough warhammer figures in like comic shops and stuff where it's like that's neat i have a feeling i don't have the time or money to like invest in any of it but i because i don't know if i'd ever want to play it but i like the idea of like you know you're buying like a kit you put it together you paint it right like that's a fun project to do with your hands
0: Oh yeah, I mean honestly, some of these models are just fun to paint, because um, they're like practically centerpieces on their own. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things I kind of like uh, there's a there's a thing called Poor Hammer, which is where you just print out paper standees and you pirate the book online and play with your friends. <laughs> um, and it's very practical. I like that. So I want to yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna play with a couple local friends. Um, I think. Richard was kinda curious, but he's also like sleepy all the time. Hi Richard. Sure. Hi we Richard. Love you. Um, but I have another friend who's like really into strategy stuff, and it's like I know for a fact that he would not want to drop a penny on this. But I think if I gave him a copy of the rulebook, book, he would actually enjoy it. Sure. So I wanna I wanna figure out a team that he'll like and we'll make some paper standees and, and actually just play the game that way.
1: That's a good idea. Other than the piracy. Don't steal don't do drugs kids
0: oh yeah and you know you could just get the rule book and then pick what you want out of it to mm-hmm. like structure your own they're actually the the company games workshop they're really into um like they they're supportive of like third party stuff like i showed you this map here there's a lot of like terrain and stuff um i can guarantee you whatever whatever's in that screenshot like some of those things are officially licensed terrain pieces but some of it's like from third party you can craft your your own stuff out of foam okay Um, you can use a stack of books to represent a building they don't care like they they want to offer their nice product but they're very supportive and understanding of that reality is you know not everyone can drop thousands of dollars into this stupid hobby and the hobby would die if they were like cracking the whip on everyone that saved a penny. Yeah. Um, you can't like show up to the store with your paper guys and say, "I want to play too," but <laughs> you know what I mean. There's like a there's a gray area there.
1: Yeah, for sure. You might have like a comic book store that might not give a shit. It, you know, it
0: kind of depends on where you're playing, right? Yeah, honestly, like um, a, a lot of these guys too, like when they really get into the hobby, the reality is that they have more than one army. So if you were to, like, if anyone out there is curious, find your local store and just tell them, "Hey, I." I'd like to play but I don't want to learn. And they'll probably like loan you one of their armies and like do a demo game for you in the store. And they'll walk you through it, you know? A yeah, lot of these I guys are that. super helpful, yeah.
1: Well it's like you said, it's one of those hobbies too that it's so niche that like if you're not welcoming, it is going to die. So if someone's like showing any interest at all, you want to be as accommodating as you can because you need lifeblood for this kind of shit and you know, there's not that many people who are probably going to think, "Hey, this is what I want to spend my evening doing." I think yeah, it's uh, cool. I like it uh, conceptually. It, it, I, the, the time investment, and the money investment, a little harder to uh, square right. away.
0: Um, like you, you jokingly asked if I was going to make you. I guys... think the
1: band Bolt Thrower does a lot of their songs about Warhammer shit. I believe it. You can't really understand them. It's one of those death metal bands, but I, I think. If anybody wants a band recommendation, go check out Bolt Thrower. They're fucking fun, but also I think a lot of their songs are about Warhammer. They're an older school death metal band. I think they were popular in the in like the
0: mid '90s, early '80s. And then they got like, if you go to Barnes and Noble, you can get the football game. They got Blood Bowl, where it's it's orc football players. Oh yeah, then I've seen this before. (laughs) The like the orc playing football. It's it's stupid. Um, don't like it. It's no, it, it it's it's just so silly. <laughs> you still here? Yeah,
1: because if you are, I can't hear you anymore.
0: Oh no, you can't hear me?
1: Or did I accidentally fucking mute myself? Well, okay. My glad space this week is. Uh, I feel like I talked about a lot of things that made me glad, so I don't actually know what it is now. Um, probably. You know what? I've really been enjoying the new Five Finger Death Punch album. Uh, their last two have been really kind of mediocre, and their new one I feel like is kind of a return to form. The uh, there's, there's a, They're taking some risks with it, which they haven't done in a while, so there's some new sounds. Uh, lyrically, Ivan is back to doing stuff that isn't terrible, which is great. It's just, it's a really solid album from that band, and it's been a while since they've put out a really solid album, and it's been a while since I've been excited to like go back and listen to one of their albums, so it's I've really been enjoying that one, so I'm, I'm glad that that's out it's called f8 or fate depending on how you want to pronounce it it's just the letter f and the number eight it's on youtube on spotify all that other stuff so it's easy to stream if you feel like hey you know what i want to do is listen to like kind of the most radio metal band that's around right now because they're they're pretty popular they get a lot of airplay but eh, yeah fuck it they're fun i like them and I'm, i like their new album so that's my glad space
0: well that's really cool I'm, I'm sorry we're having facebook problems um so i'll just close out with my glad space I went to a local comic convention, and I saw a lot of local artists. Uh, some of them are, are big. Some of them are, are just they're kind of nobodies, not to be mean. But, you know, they're they're getting the start, and uh, they're meeting new fans, getting the word out, and they're they're getting the start on the right foot for sure. Um, but there was also a guy selling bootleg bad DVDs. So I got a copy of Fantastic Four and Turkish Star Wars. And if you haven't seen Turkish Star Wars, that's on YouTube. And look that up, because that's a hoot. Um, Chad and I are having issues on Facebook recording. Uh, I'm sure he sends his well wishes and kisses. But this is Cameron signing off, and everyone have a good week. I love you.